0: Mobile Rolling, presented by Garratts Horse & Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices. Online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. It's always great to see new names in the winner's circle and that was the case across the weekend, Friday night at Albion Park, Boulevard. Was able to lead all the way, trained by Robbie and Kerry Ann Morris. But the winning driver was Jack Brown. And to be honest, that's the first time I think I've called Jack in the winner's circle, and we're going to find out more about it because he's been kind enough to join us now. Jack, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, was that your first Albion Park drive? Uh,
1: yes, it was the first Albion Park drive, yes.
0: So your first Albion Park drive results in a victory. You must have been pretty, pretty excited, no doubt, after the race.
1: Yeah, it was very exciting. Um, a very nice horse, and thank Robbie and Carrie for giving
0: me the drive. Not only your first drive with your first win, but you've carved out a big mile as well. 52.6, he went into the race well fancied, a last start winner, but to carve out a time like that, uh, that was pretty something, uh, well, pretty special as well, so something that I'm, I'm sure you won't forget anytime soon.
1: No, I won't be forgetting him. He's a, he's a very lovely horse, he's uh, won two races now since being in Queensland, and he looks like he's going to
0: do a good job. What were the uh, instructions from Robbie going into that race on the weekend?
1: Uh, Rob didn't really give you much instructions. He probably—he's a horse that's really race good on the top end, and obviously um, went a twenty-six-nine early quarter. It was sort of going to be a fairly quick run race, and he um, really just really too tough for them, really.
0: Yeah, carved out mile—the mile in fifty-two-six splits of 26 29-9, 27.9, twenty-seven-nine home in twenty-eight. Did it feel like you were going quick out there?
1: Yeah, he's quite a big horse. So You really feel him striding out and he was really strong.
0: And just looking at it uh, on Friday night, you're not the biggest guy going around and he's a big horse like you said, so he probably didn't even feel you sitting behind him. No, nah, he probably didn't feel me sitting behind him, nah. Okay, well hopefully that's the first of many You've got a number of drives coming through today We'll start with the trot Right you are in race number three Had his first run here last week Off a 20 metre handicap He's off the front line today What are the expectations with Right you are?
1: Yeah, she's a lovely trotter And um, she goes better on the stand I believe So she's quite quick off the stand So hopefully we can step her In the trotter's race So you don't really know what's going to happen And hopefully we can step her and just keep her on the
0: top end and keep her mouth. Okay. It's a big advantage being off the front over these uh, shorter trips, like the 2,138 metres. It makes it difficult for the back markers. So if you do get her away nicely and she finds a good spot, she's obviously going to prove very competitive.
1: Yeah, she will.
0: Okay. Well, that's right you are. We go across to race nine. We salute you. He comes up with barrier four. It's a it's a lot better draw than what he's had in recent times, and it probably looks a class drop for him. Can Can he feature as well?
1: Um, I haven't really had much of a look at his race, but he's, he's been good. His couple of runs back home were good, and might on paper look looks like he hasn't been going the best up here, but he seems like on the clock he's been running really good times, so hopefully we can find a nice spot and maybe he can be good for
0: them. Okay. And in the last race today, you're driving the last start winner, Pembroke's Passion. He looked really good scoring here last week, 55, home and 56-3. That was his first start since January. So there's got to be a little bit more upside still with Pembroke's passion. Do you rate his chances highly?
1: Yeah, I do rate his chances very highly. He's um, a nice horse and hopefully he can get the, sort of get a good getaway and get him up on the speed where he likes it and hopefully he'll be better than what he was last
0: week. Yeah, he was good last week. So there's, as I said, natural improvements still to come. Do you roll forward again here and get him up close to the action?
1: Yeah, I think he likes it that way. I think he likes being up up the front and keeping bowling. He's fresh up. He's second up from being first up for quite a long time, so I'm expecting him to do better today.
0: Okay. Is he the pick of your drives today?
1: Yes, I think so, yeah.
0: Okay. We'll wait for the last. Race 10, number six, Pembroke's Passion. Now, tell me a bit more about the Jack Brown story. How did you get involved in harness racing?
2: Well,
1: my Mum and Dad have always trained horses, all their most of their life, and I was just
0: sort of caught the bug. Would I be right in saying your first drive in a race came at Menangle last September, so you're only fresh into your driving career?
1: Yes, it was uh, September last year, yeah.
0: And was that with a trotter, and were you placed in that race?
1: Yeah, um, my first horse, my dad trained as a trotter, Magic Owens, and he was um, good to get a third for me.
0: OK. Would have been a big thrill that day, your first ever drive and going straight to Menangle.
1: Yeah, it was a massive thrill and you learn a lot, fairly big tracks and on a trotter as well, so it was, it was pretty good.
0: So you start off with Mum and Dad. How long have you been with uh, Robbie and Carrie ann now?
1: Uh, about three and a half months.
0: OK. And this is obviously your first trip away uh, campaigning a team?
1: Yeah, first trip away with um, the horses and uh, having a really good time.
0: Yeah, eye-opening experience and learning a lot?
1: Yeah, learning a lot and even just being at um, stable at Grand Dixons and seeing how things are differently run and it's really good to learn for what we could do in the future.
0: Yeah, it's a big operation down there at Grand Dixons, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a great it's a great um, place and great people and they're very welcoming.
0: Okay, so going back to your driving record then, uh, tell me if I'm close to the mark here. Probably just over 55 drives eight wins. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it sounds about right, yeah. Okay. Is there a target? Have you set yourself a target for 2021? I know we're probably midway through the year now. We've just rolled into June, so have you set yourself a, a goal that you wanted to a, achieve this year as far as wins?
1: I wouldn't mind getting 25 winners by the end of the
0: season. Okay. And that seems like realistic uh, as far as the, the results are concerned. The The results are there right now and hopefully you can get a few more whilst you're here in Queensland.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Okay. What's Robbie like as a, as a mentor, not only as a trainer, but also as a driver? Does he give sound advice?
1: Yeah, Robbie's a really good um, teacher and he, he really pronounces things and really good learner. So is Carrie-Anne. Carrie-Anne and Robbie are being really good and they're teaching me a lot.
0: Yeah, they've got a big operation themselves. How many are normally in work down there in Sydney?
1: Uh, about 55, 60 down home. We've mm. taken a few about 14 up here, so there's
0: probably about 50 at home. Yeah, so it's a, it's a busy time in the morning, no doubt. Yeah, very busy. Okay. Have you got any sort of role models? Is there drivers that you like watching and observing and trying to take a piece of them and putting into into your own style?
1: Oh, of course. You know, all the top drivers, Grant Dixon, Robert Morris, um, all them drivers, and really want to just take everything out of what they do and put it together.
0: Yeah. And, and what about the difference between... Sydney racing compared to Brisbane racing. We've got a smaller track, a thousand meters at Albion Park compared to Menangle. They've got the bigger track down there. But is there a, a noticeable difference just in the way we race up here compared to back home?
1: I've uh, been fortunate enough to drive around Newcastle. It's about it's about a nine hundred meter track, and I have never driven on a track around like a sprint lane or anything. So it's a lot of different things, and it's got to get used to it. Really.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, great experience, no doubt. And you're only what sixteen years of age in okay, yeah. okay. Well, the world's in front of you, no doubt about it. The world's your oyster. You've made a flying start. One drive at Albion Park for one win with a Ball of Art. Hopefully there's a few more to come today. Really appreciate the time. Best of luck. Thanks for having me. Well, what a result it was on Saturday night for Greg and Sharon Mitchell. One-two result in that $50,000 feature at Albion Park, the Australian Pacing Gold three-year-old consolation. Jasper, the star filly, beating the ever-improving three-year-old gilding in Chamonix. Greg Mitchell is online with us now to talk more about that result, plus a number of other matters, and he's uh, joining us now. Greg, appreciate the time. Congratulations. Thanks, Chris, uh, and thanks for having us on. Was that a dream result, a 1-2 result in a Group 2 $50,000 event?
2: Oh, for sure. Look, um, you hope going into these races you can just finish first, and if you get first and second, well, it's an added bonus, and um, yeah, look, yeah, we couldn't be happier. Both horses have done um, tremendous jobs for us so far, and and we believe in both horses that they've got a a pretty good future in front of them.
0: As it turned out, coming up the straight, because they were up close to the action, it probably made it easier for you and Sharon to watch because you didn't have to sort of watch where one was compared to the other. They were at the front of the, the field and uh, it was easier to sort of uh, work out how they, they were going to uh, end up as far as the result.
2: Yeah, yeah. Once, um, once Sam and he got going down the back and uh, got up outside of it, was uh, at least we didn't have to try and look at two ends. So it was really good just to watch the finish and then find it out. <laughs>
0: We've, we've mentioned this before, but Jasper's such a classy filly, coming off that Group 1 placing in the triad off a bad gate, and then to to come up with a much better draw on Saturday night, it was her race to lose, but uh, she just doesn't disappoint. Every time she steps out, she just gives 110%. Yeah,
2: you've hit the nail on the head, Chris. She's just a beautiful filly that uh, does everything right, and as you said, every time, doesn't matter how bad she draws or how good she draws, she puts him every time, and um, it was really... Pleasing to see her draw a gate for a change, which um, which obviously made her job a little bit easier Saturday night.
0: And there's so much more to come. Uh, we're, we're starting to get into the nitty gritty of it now, as far as our winter carnival is concerned. A number of oaks features just around the corner, so still plenty of good times ahead. Hopefully,
2: yeah, yeah. I'll hopefully touch wood. She stays fit and healthy, and we'll uh, we'll be going rounding all the oaks that we can uh, that we can go round in and. Um, we look forward to uh, a rematch with uh, Trent, Talon and Shelley and, uh, and also obviously some New Zealanders that are talking about coming across the ditch. Um, you know, If she finds a good gate, she'll acquit herself very well.
0: And as far as Chamonix is concerned, as I said, he just keeps improving each and every time he steps out and with the derby features and the longer distances just around the corner, that's going to be uh, uh, right to his advantage.
2: Yeah, he's another fella, as you said, he's just a little was a little bit dopey early and he's, he's two-year-old and and just at three he's really starting to come together now and um, uh, we think that as you said the longer distance will suit him and he, he's another horse Chris that just and we did have him out of the draw for a little while but since he's been back in the random barrier draws he just hasn't had a draw um, and again I'd like to see him on the pace instead of having to run a second quicker every time to, to try and catch him.
0: Yeah, you're right about draws. What, he had the inside of the second row in the triad and then a a second or a wide draw, gate seven there on Saturday night. So he's just having no luck with those gates. No, no luck. So we're hoping that that all turns around through the derbies and maybe we'll get three ones. OK, well, fingers crossed. Now, tell me, just with that race on Saturday night, it was the consolation. There was serious consideration, though, about making the trek to, uh, to Melbourne for the big finals. But with all the the confusion and, and call it what you like with COVID down there, the, the state being in lockdown, was that the one or was that the main reason that the, the trip didn't actually go ahead?
2: Uh, no, the main reason was Chris, that we had an issue with the planes and, and Chris Caldwell, who, who does the flying of, of the horses, just couldn't guarantee us right up until Sunday you know, the week before we had to be down there for the following Saturday, that whether we could or couldn't get a plane till Tuesday. Um, and then uh, we couldn't, weren't allowed then to nominate in both Brisbane and Melbourne. Um, they wouldn't allow that in Brisbane. So we then had to make a choice that if we nominated in Melbourne and missed the plane, do we we miss out on everything? Um, and then COVID came on the back of that. So in hindsight, everything probably worked out best. But, uh, no, we, we definitely wanted to get to Melbourne. Um, it just proved too difficult um, to, to get down there.
0: OK, so Jasper would have been up against the likes of Tilly and Antonia?
2: Yes, yep.
0: OK, and then Chamonix yeah. would have been up against Tasty Delight and Co. in the boys' final? Yep, yep. Yep. OK, yeah. so you are prepared they're, they're, to take so on those horses?
2: They're, they're super talented, don't get me wrong, and, uh, yeah. you know, they would have had to uh, be right on their game, but... Um, yeah, I've been trying to qualify horses for an APG final for probably 12 years. Um, this is the first time, so we were definitely going to go if we could. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, things just didn't work out.
0: Okay, so hopefully this works to your advantage. They stay at home, they run one, two in the, uh, the consolation up here, and with the winter carnival features just around the corner, everything just remains status quo for them, and hopefully they're, they're still on the up.
2: Yeah, and that that was a positive that we didn't have to go through the big travel plan of getting down there. You know, do we float home? Do we fly home? And, you know, what effect that has on them? You know, they've always got the uh, the risk of travel sickness. So, um, yeah, you know the benefit was that they're in they're at home at Grant's in the box and uh, they're getting treated with the best care. And as you said, they're in the routine and and, and they're still on the way up. Um, so, fingers crossed that um, it works out for us in the long run.
0: But log- logistically, there's so much to consider though with the trip, isn't there?
2: It is now like with COVID at the moment. You're just never too sure when that will bob up on you, and, and and then that became. I couldn't ask Grant to go to Melbourne, so even if we had have got down there, he wouldn't have went. Um, so we would have had to put a driver on, which I don't really particularly wanted to do. So um, because otherwise it was 14 days quarantine coming home. So yeah, it's just Melbourne's nearly ruled out. I reckon so if you want to travel horses, so you could probably do Sydney, but the way things are at the moment, until we get more um, stable. With, with, with COVID, I don't think travelling um, from Queensland is a really easy thing to do. Yeah,
0: so fair to say, everything happens for a reason and uh, it certainly did on the weekend
2: for you. Yes, yes, it did, yeah. yeah. And you're
0: coaching a bit of AFL football as well and the boys had a win o- across the weekend as well?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm involved in with the Surface Paradise Demons and um, the guys, uh, we beat uh, Mount Kravat on the weekend, so uh, travelling okay there, which is a, a good thing early in the season. Um long way to go, but uh, yeah, they're happy there too.
0: Alright, perfect. Let's talk about some of the runners today for your stable. You've got uh, well, you had originally three runners in the first race, the trot, but one's come out in Averost on, so you're left with Chasing Great and Hello Jolene Jolene. Chasing Great, he just puts in each and every time he goes around, Hello Jolene Jolene. She can be a bit of a, uh, a nightmare because she can get it uh, wrong at the start, but she trialled really well just recently, so can they win can either of these win this first race
2: uh I believe so they're both life chances as you said chasing great i think he's run last week if you look at his sectionals were really good um obviously the start's all important and Jolene, well she she's plenty of ability um, as you said she's just been bombing the start a bit but uh, she did try well last week and grant grant seems to think that he uh, he may have her a little bit sorted out so fingers crossed if she steps she'll be uh, she'll be able to go with him
0: all right, well, fingers crossed. It has been frustrating with her. She's a lovely style of mare as well. Big, lanky mare that covers plenty of ground.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, we do think um, that she's going to, you know, when she furnishes out into herself completely, probably next year, um, we hope to see the best of her, but, you know, she can try. Okay. In race two, the two-year-old
0: Pace, you've got Gullmark. He lands a good draw, gate one, and he looks like he's improving. So can
2: he feature here? Yeah, again, he uh, he was quite rushed to get through to the cube um, features. Um, and, yeah, he is continuing to improve. So uh, we think that um, he'll acquit himself well today. Obviously, there's a, uh, Jack's horse goes quite good. So, um, obviously, with the uh, price horse being scratched, it's probably a little bit open. But, uh, yeah, no, there's no reason why he, uh, if he gets the right trip, he couldn't win. OK. Uh, race three,
0: the trot. Two runners here. I'm the commando who didn't go all that bad last time out. He was a bit of an eye-catcher, and Aladdin saying who's first up. He's blessed with tremendous ability. In part, we've got to take him on trust. He's fresh up. What are you expecting with uh, these two guys?
2: Yeah, again, Commando, he was super last week. Um, he can do a few things wrong from time to time, but if he just settled in his race, he, he could win this, no problem. And um, same with Aladdin. He's... Um, yeah, he's probably in our top three with Jolene and Nova still as our, our best trotters that we've got. He's got plenty of ability, and um, yeah, no, if he steps away, we don't expect him to be right in the finish.
0: Okay, race five today, Flo Ryder. Uh, first up, Landsgate 1. It's a strong field. There's a number of talented types here, but she should acquit herself well.
2: Uh, definitely. Uh, probably we'll need the run. Um, a bit short without having a trial, but um, working well, I believe. And, um, you know, we're sort of obviously with a soft run in behind them, I think we could probably run in the place.
0: OK, and then we go across to race nine. Virgil, how how satisfied were you to see him win that Trot Rods race last week and the way he did it, the way he attacked the line? Was that really satisfying?
2: It was, Chris, because at home, like um, Grant tells me, he'll work with anything. You know, like he uh, he will follow any horse he's got there, no problem, keep up on the bit, no issue. It's just come race days, uh, it hasn't completely dropped for him yet, um, so it was satisfying to see him actually drop down and finish the race off really nice. I know it was just a one lap dash, but um, the way he did it was good, so um, hopefully he can continue to improve on that, and uh, obviously are out, and um, there's pretty deep field here still with with plenty of other horses that, that are going to be hard to beat, but um, I think I think he should be there about.
0: All right. Well, there's a number of chances for you today. So, is there one over another that you probably like, or is it a fairly even day with a bit of luck, you can win multiple races?
2: Um, like I really like Aladdin. Um, if he if he steps with them, I, I, I'd I'd be hoping he wins. Um, but it won't surprise me if, uh, if Jolene won the race and, and again, Eden Gourmet poked through. So I think they're, live, they're all live chances, as you know. We just need a little bit of luck in running and, um, and, and the rest is up to Grant to do what he does.
0: OK, well, we'll go with race three, number 10, Aladdin, same. But uh, all runners certainly have uh, strong hopes today. Winter Carnival's not too far away. You're going to be playing a strong hand in uh, in many features. But uh, just looking at it uh, from a, a wide perspective, the Carnival looks like it's going to be one of the strongest we've seen for some time.
2: The Carnival's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, the number of uh, quality horse flesh from all around the country and all, all New Zealand that are that are booking into already we know is coming and the others that are talking about coming. Uh, I think it'll be the strongest winter carnival across all age groups and in, in both gates that we've had in Queensland for a long, long time. Um, I know Scott, the uh, CEO of Albion Park, has got some fantastic uh, uh, packages available for the public to attend and there'll be some, uh, some plenty of entertainment on all three nights. Um, so I'm looking really forward to the winter carnival this year since we missed out last year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very exciting. July 10, 17 and 24. They're the three key nights during uh, the month of July. Greg, as always, really appreciate the time. Again, congratulations. A one-two result in that $50,000 feature on Saturday night with Jasper beating home Chamonix and continued success with the footy as well.
2: Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it and um, look uh, forward to hearing your calls.